ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ोस्तान but uh, she was residing in Navarishni Cholni i thought i should say a few words about her as she passed away recently and uh, she was from this area uh, i first met her in the first time i came to tatarstan which i believe was when 1996 yeah. i know sure. sometime in the past <laughs> and she asked me for initiation i said okay next year next year so she said i don't know if i'll be alive that long so uh with some encouragement from atri muni prabhu who was the regional secretary of that time i initiated her on the spot um atri muni prabhu cited the example of his own gurudev shila prabhavishnu swami who he had atri muni prabhu had witnessed prabhavishnu swami doing this giving immediate initiation in a similar circumstance well as it happened she lived many more years while she was in navarishni chalni she used to go in the apartments for book distribution she was quite short bodied and she would grab hold of some young boy some grandson or whatever and have him carry the books So probably there are still many books in many apartments in Aboriginal Chongli which she placed them. It's uh, actually the older women they can distribute many books because people they don't feel to say no to an older woman. Still in this area there's some culture of respect for elderly people. I think. Is there? Yeah? It's not in if you go further west there's no such thing. the it's a culture of disrespect mostly recently the uh, head of the us forces in afghanistan was thrown out of his job for openly insulting the president of the united states think, uh, in russia they wouldn't just remove him from the job they'd court martial him and send him to siberia probably and in stalin's time they send you to siberia in a coffin So that's actually required some discipline is required. Anyway, it was supposed to be told about Hare Krishna Das. She was very self-disciplined. Uh she uh, <coughs> after one or two years after initiation she came to India and she was re- she resided at the temple of Iskon in Baroda in Gujarat. which is a center which i probably spend more time at than any other there's a big and beautiful temple with spacious grounds four acres of grounds nice gardens goshala for the cows 
So she lived in a hut there for about 12 years, I guess. And she would make garlands daily for the deities. She would be part of the team of Mataji's that would make garlands for the deities. She would always be in Mongolati. I think the only time she missed it was when she was taken to hospital with cerebral malaria. That's malaria. You know what I mean? Cerebral malaria. She was always up very early. Now, uh, she couldn't communicate with anyone there. She never learned Gujarati, which is the local language, or Hindi, which is the national language, or English, which is another national language. And sometimes a Russian devotee would come, and she would speak something through that Russian devotee. But she didn't know Russian very well either. I mean, I don't know Russian very well, but I was told that she didn't know Russian very well. She, her first language was Bashkir. She also could speak Tatar. They're almost the same languages, very similar languages. And uh, some kind of Russian. The kind of Russian you might expect from an uneducated uh, Bashkirsky Babushka. But uh, she was never disturbed. She was very steady in her devotional service. And uh, as it got more difficult for her to sit on the floor, sometimes she'd sit. She'd, she'd be there. Mongolati, evening RT also should be there. In the evening RT, many members of the public attend, at least uh, a minimum 200 every night. So many people seeing her as an elderly, saintly woman would uh, seek her blessings and bow down to her and she would touch their head. Uh, her daughter was, I believe, initiated before her. Bhavani, is it, or Bhavani? There's two names. One is Bhavani and the other is Bhavani. Anyway, I think she was called here Bhavani. Bhavani. Yes. It's easier for us to say like that. There it could be either. could be Bhavani or Bhavani. If you Gadadha can explain to you, if you don't understand. So... Uh, She's disciple of Indra Swami. Her daughter is Indra Swami. <laughs> oh, she's a daughter. He had a son in his previous century. I don't think he had a daughter. Anyway, um, well, she is a daughter. Spiritual daughter. <laughs> and... Uh, Bhavani's daughter is also a devotee in Navarajni Chandra. Rupa Manjari. Rupa Manjari. Oh, she lives in Samara. No, I think she didn't get initiated all these years somehow. I don't know. So, uh, Anyway, after living many years in the temple, and uh, Bhavani came, and the idea was to take her to Mayapur, uh, so that she she was now very old, and uh, the idea is she could spend her last days in Mayapur, in a holy place. Uh, but eventually, somehow, uh, Bhavani took her to Vrindavan. I don't know exactly what happened after that, but shortly after that. Uh, I guess Bhavani took her to Russia. She couldn't have come along. And she passed away on a train between uh, Moscow and Tatarstan, maybe some Kazan or whatever. 
So, a very good life. At least the end of it was good. Those of you who are older can also follow that example. There's no need to stay at home worrying about social affairs and family affairs for all your life. Eventually you can uh, retire and fully engage in Krishna's service and prepare for the most important time, the most important time in life, which is death. I hope you all know this verse. If you don't, you better learn it quick. Because death is just one step behind us. Krishna nam koro bhai ar sab miche palai bare patanahi jom ache piche. There's a Bengali verse which says that chant, oh brother, chant the holy name of Krishna. Everything else is meaningless. Uh, there's no place to run. Yamaraj is just behind. Just waiting behind you. Sometimes you might feel some tap on your shoulder. You turn around. And then he says, uh, uh, My name is Yamaraj. Come with me. They <laughs> <laughs> may say, Well, but I have uh, later... Um, not now. <laughs> Sorry, sir. You have to come immediately. Don't worry, we'll look after you. We made all arrangements. That's a phone call from Yamaraj. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, as long as we're here in Krishna Kata, then there's no... Yamaraj won't come. But if you don't turn your cell phone off, I might call Yamaraj for you. So I know that everyone loves their cell phone very dearly. <laughs> Every night before they go to sleep, they offer a special puja to their cell phone. <laughs> but we request you turn the damn thing off, at least during class. Hare Krishna he didn't have a cell phone. So, you, it, it, contrary to public opinion, it is possible to become spiritually advanced without a cell phone. Even if you don't have a laptop and a cell phone and a car and a bank balance and a credit card, you can still go back to God. In fact, if we are to go to back to Godhead, we have to leave all these things behind. How many of you have credit cards, or debit cards, or whatever they call it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, in America and Britain and all these countries, it's like everyone has. It's just like part of life. Right. They have more than one, actually. They have, they have a whole wad of them. And the most horrific thing they can think of, apart from their football team losing, is if they lose their credit card or if it gets stolen. But we have to leave it behind. So in old age we can leave home and lead a simple life. In fact, we don't have to wait to old age to do that. We can do it before that also. But at least in old age we should do so. Uh, there are many, many devotees who have, in history and at the present time who have yes, passed away having cultivated Krishna consciousness at the last stage of their lives. They may not be uh, very famous, great devotees. They may be simple, practically unknown, but they please Krishna. And that is the perfection of life. The perfection of life is not to sit on a big seat like this or have people call out Jai to you. But the perfection of life is to always think of Krishna, 
become his devotee, worship him, and bow down to him. Can anyone think of a verse in this regard? And if you do this, Krishna says, you will come to me. Certainly. In fact, some Vaishnavas, they say that the real Vaishnava is one who is very quiet and not well known. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, prime teaching is to be more humble than, or to consider oneself lower than grass. So some Vaishnavas say that, uh, well, uh, you know, being a preacher and accepting disciples, that's an impediment in devotional service. That if one has disciples and followers, then you'll become proud. And they think that, well, that's just for people who are interested in name and fame. They're not really very great devotees. They think that the really great devotees are the ones who just hide away very quietly and just engage in bhajan. Bhajan, we usually think of singing, but bhajan means, it's a term... Another meaning is that all the activities of Krishna consciousness, hearing, chanting, worshipping the deity, the activities which one performs for his own spiritual advancement is called bhajan. Or, or just a perfect devotee does it for his, out of his own bliss. And so However, preaching of Krishna consciousness is required. It's so much required that Bhaktis Dhanasar Thakur spoke strongly against the idea of only performing one's own bhajan. He said that this is a cheating mentality, that the Babaji class who criticized the preachers for being interested in name and fame, but Bhaktisthansa Sartaka said, no, the ones who hide themselves away and chant on their own, they're the ones interested in name and fame. Dushtaman tumi kishe said, rascal mind, what kind of Vaishnava are you? Simply for name and fame you have gone sitting alone and chanting Harinam. So Bhaktisiddhan Saraswar Thakur said that one should not think that I am such a high Vaishnava that I should not accept any disciples. Uh, unfortunately, in the editing of Srila Prabhupada's commentary on Chaitanya Charitamrita, the transcriber misunderstood and made some mistake. So instead of stating that one should not think, I am so high, I should not make disciples, it got edited to, one should not make any disciples. Whereas uh, Prabhupada many times told his disciples that they should make disciples. Prabhupada said that all of his disciples should make 10,000 disciples. Then Prabhupada said there will be no shortage of Acharyas. The son of Vallabhacharya, who was... Vallabhacharya means the... Uh, there are two Vallabhacharyas. There's one who was the... Uh, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Navadip Lila, and the other is the head of the Vallabh Sampradaya. So he had two sons. I believe he had two sons. I believe it was Vital, was the one who made. He was a very widely traveling, active preacher, and he made the vow that he he would not go a day without initiating at least one person. 
Of course, uh, initiation is uh, not all in all. It's not simply by grabbing someone on the street and smashing a rubber stamp on his head and saying, now you're initiated, that they're going to make spiritual advancement. The uh, people, generally, they should come for initiation when they're convinced of the need to serve Krishna. So preaching is required. And as Srila Prabhupada said, preaching means fighting. Prabhupada didn't establish Krishna consciousness all over the world simply by smiling. Generally we like to hear stories of Prabhupada, how he's smiling and telling jokes and being very pleasant with everyone. But actually there are hundreds and thousands of anecdotes of Srila Prabhupada speaking in a manner which might seem harsh or severe. Now the Babaji class would say that that is not proper Vaishnava behavior. The Babajis will say that, well, a saintly person, they just smile and they chant and they tell nice stories and that's it, that's finished. But uh, Prabhupada was fighting for Krishna. That was his humility to do whatever was required to preach Krishna consciousness. Arjuna proposed to be a humble Vaishnava by not fighting. So uh, Krishna showed Arjuna how to be a humble Vaishnava by fighting and killing people. Krishna rejected Arjuna's pseudo-saintly humility. And he taught uh, Arjuna what is real humility, surrendering to Krishna's order. So we were talking about Hare Krishna Dasi. She was no doubt a, a very good Vaishnavi. Uh, but we needn't think that, that everyone has to be like that. If everyone is making flower garlands, then in time there will be no one making flower garlands. If everyone thinks, I shall only make flower garlands for Krishna, then after some time, there will be no one making flower garlands for Krishna. As we see in, uh, just like in the Balab Sampradaya now, there's no one preaching, and the temple, still people are going, but they're mostly uh, not in very good condition. The people who go there, they say, Jai Shri Krishna, and they go home and watch TV and eat most, mostly vegetarian food. They take Brahma Sambandha, which is some kind of initiation. That's an initiation in their sampradaya. One person who'd taken this Brahma Sambandha in the Balab Sampradaya, he asked, he told me that he asked his guru some philosophical question. The guru was surprised. He said, what are you asking me the questions for? He was upset. His job as a guru is to give initiation, give blessings, and accept donations. That's all. So if we don't uh, preach, then uh, people won't come forward to serve Krishna. Now in the Balab Sampradaya, I, mean, I have, by the way, I do have good regard for the Balab Sampradaya, and I'm not against them or saying they're all wrong, but I'm just making some pert pertinent comments so that we here can learn something. So there is preaching in the Balab Sampradaya. They organize katha, in which people come and listen, 
two stories being told from Shastra. And uh, they'll play a little harmonium and sing a little song and then speak some nice stories and then again play a little harmonium and everyone's happy. No one's going to uh, quote verses from Bhagavatam such as Lord Krishna states that having attained this human form, which is very rare, which lasts very briefly, but which is very valuable because we can pursue spiritual values, Having attained this, uh, a person should do whatever is required that after death he doesn't get born again. One should not be concerned with sense gratification, for sense gratification is available in every species of life. But one should, having attained the human form, one should seek out the highest good. So no one is preaching such verses. No one... Yeah. No one, uh, the, the Qatar is there, but no one is preaching Namam Dushkrishno, Namam Dushkritino Murha Prapadyante Naradamaha, Maya Pahritagyana Asuran Bhavamashitaha. Krishna says four kinds of miscreants do not surrender to me. The foolish, the lowest among men, those whose knowledge is stolen by illusion, and the out and out demons. So we may think that if we preach like this, well, no one will come. They'll all go away. Actually, the demons will go away, and those who are devotees will recognize this is truth. I must come here. But if we simply speak in an entertaining way, uh, gradually also people won't come. In the modern age, people, especially people of unlimited varieties of entertainment via TV and the internet. So, uh, if we preach like that, those who want entertainment, they'll go somewhere else anyway. And unless we preach to people to surrender to Krishna, to dedicate to Krishna, then they won't surrender and dedicate to Krishna. Unless we preach to people to give up sense gratification, they won't give up sense gratification. No one in this world has any idea to give up sense gratification. That's why some pious people who attend in India, they attend these Qatars. They may attend all their life, but they never ever get any idea that even that they should stop drinking tea. Because no one tells them. All the sadhus, they're mostly all drinking tea also. Many times we, we may visit some ashram and people say, what would you like, tea or coffee or cold drink or what would you like? So how will people, yeah, how will people know unless we tell them? So, uh, what happens is that if we only speak in a way to entertain people, we only get shallow people. We ourselves are shallow. <laughs> and then what, hap what happens, no one is convinced to serve Krishna. Or they may serve only for money, which is you know, just a job. Unfortunately, most of our ISKCON temples nowadays in America and in some other countries also, all the staff are paid. I mean, they're so-called brahmacharis or whatever, but they all get paid. <laughs> there are many Russians also, at least they used to be in America. They go, they, uh, they get paid and then they get resident status and then they go get another job outside which pays them more money. 
So they made their life successful. Prabhupada came to the West and spread Krishna consciousness. And eventually devotees in Russia took it up, risking their lives. All this great knowledge is coming down from Vyasa. All these great acharyas are helping me so that I could leave Russia, go to America and get a job in a factory earning more money than I would in Kazan. And no one is making garlands for Krishna unless you pay them. So apart from uh, very sincere devotees like Hare Krishna devotee who are making garlands for Krishna, we also need very sincere devotees to go out and speak the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is without changing it. We have to be convinced of the message of Bhagavad Gita as it is. Uh, then we can convince others. So if we actually take up Krishna consciousness, then we, we become very strong-minded. We have to be strong-minded, otherwise we can't preach Krishna consciousness as it is. We can't even practice Krishna consciousness properly. Because people around us will say, Why, what's this, why are you vegetarian? Why are you not enjoying your life? I think still in Russia there's a lot of, uh, most people, they think vegetarianism is something a little strange. Huh? Not Russian. You can't be a proper Russian. It's like, uh, it's like, it's subversive. Or, you know what that means? Subversive. You know, can you? It means that you're quietly working against the state or you're quietly trying to bring down the system. If you don't drink alcohol, have illicit sex and eat meat. That means you're, you're a very dangerous person. So even to practice Krishna consciousness, one requires to be strong-minded. Of course, there can be a problem with that also, because uh, especially considering that it's Kali Yuga, the age of quarrel, that when strong-minded people get together, there can be clash. And we often see that among devotees, there can be some kind of intense people, they come together and there's some some kind of misunderstanding or, or clash. In fact, the GBC meetings used to be famous for like the, uh, you could say, the highly spirited interaction. There, there was, uh, yeah, that's, that's a euphemistic way of putting it. Do you have that word in Russian? Euphemistic? You can understand, you say politely. You might say a husband and wife are not getting on well together, which means they're, they're, they're pulling each other's hair out of his but uh, strong-mindedness is needed. To preach strongly, we need people who are strongly convinced and strongly committed. And often strongly-minded people, they don't get on together very well. Even uh, even Krishna and Balaram, they sometimes disagreed. They're the two strongest people anywhere. That uh, Balaram is known for his strength, but Krishna is even stronger. And the evidence for that is that in Krishna, Balaram, Mandir, and Vrindavan, Balaram is leaning on Krishna and not vice versa. Krishna, he wanted the fight, the battle of Kurukshetra. <laughs> Balaram, but Balaram, he didn't like the idea of that fight. So Balaram left and went on tour of all the holy places of India. So strongly minded people, they often don't get on well together, but even independently, if they do some solid service for Krishna, that is to be appreciated. Among the many, many inconceivable qualities of Srila Prabhupada was how he managed to bring together so many uh, heavy, strong minded people and engage them collectively in Krishna's service. 
And if we think of the sannyasis that Prabhupada made at that time, I mean, to sannyasi was a very heavy person. They were so heavy in chastising others, most of them. But they were men with energy to do something substantial for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission. And Prabhupada recognized that. That's why he would give such men responsibility. Sometimes these strong-minded people got on well together. Also, Tamal Krishna Goswami was legendarily heavy. In fact, one of our sannyasis, he made a facetious song. Facetious means like kind of sarcastic. Guru, guru on the wall, who is the heaviest of them all? His guru means heavy, but uh, so sometimes take it that, you know, heavy means to heavy people out, as they say, to be very heavy with people. So, uh, Tamal Krishna, I'm trying to speak about him, he teamed up with Vishnu Janaswami. They were both, uh, they were both very strong, dynamic personalities. And as a result of their cooperation, uh, they were able to make the most dynamic Sankirtan party in the history of Iskon, distributing hundreds and th- hundreds of thousands of books and magazines all over America and making many devotees. So, um, yeah, the example of Hare Krishna Dasi is very good. And the example of... Uh, Sannyasis who preach widely, strongly, dynamically, that is also good. Uh, if we could combine the two, that would be the best. As Prabhupada said, one should be like a lamb at home and a lion in the chase. But uh, in observing Vaishnava etiquette, we have to be careful not to become so nice that we fail to speak the required truth. See, by practicing Krishna consciousness, we get some strength, we get some energy. Devotees are not in Tamagun, except during Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> um, the devotees are dynamic people. They, uh, yeah, but, but strong-minded people, they often need a little space to work in. Because if you put them together, oftentimes there's some clash. So, we can try to regulate that by uh, teaching how to behave very politely toward devotees. But for the sake of serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, even if there is some clash, better to have people who are willing to work hard and give their lives for Krishna. If everyone is very polite and very nice, okay, that's good. But when devotees uh, gave their reports to Prabhupada, it wasn't about how polite or nice they were. Prabhupada wanted to hear about the book distribution results. Srila Prabhupada was practical. As an Acharya, he was very practical. He was interested in results. I was talking about Tamal Krishna Maharaj. Uh, yeah. Tamal Krishna Maharaj had actually left India to go to America to form that party. And actually Prabhupada didn't want him to leave India. So when Prabhupada next came to America, he wanted to bring Tumal Krishna Maharaj back to India. Tumal Krishna Maharaj told him that, well, I'm preaching here in America. Prabhupada said, what is the result? Tumal Krishna Maharaj brought into the room one after the other. 
about 20 new devotees and he said, this one is distributing so many books, this one is distributing so many books, and Prabhupada said, okay, you can stay in America. So yes, be polite, be sweet, like Hare Krishna does. Get up early in the morning as she does, or did, and uh, while we have energy, we can, we can do as she did, and give our energy for spreading the Sankirtan movement. Vaishnava etiquette is important. But the main Vaishnava etiquette is to give our selves, mind, body, words, money, everything to Krishna. Hanuman is a great sadhana. He's still present in the world today. There are seven, seven Chiranjivis, or persons who are living from long, long, long time back. Hanuman is one of them. So Hanuman is chanting the names of Ram incessantly, and chanting his glories. Jai Sri Hanuman, all glories to Hanuman. However, it is not for his bhajan of Ram Nam that Hanuman is principally remembered. He is remembered for burning Lanka, for killing so many of Ravana's soldiers, for lifting, for lifting Rama and Lakshman from the. Uh, from below the earth, from the place of Mahiravana. It's a long train. It's a Novat, Novat Anyway, when the train started to come, it made a sound which sounded something like a conch shell. <laughs> How long was that train? It must be more than half a kilometer long. So maybe it stretches all the way back to Moscow. Maybe almost from the Moscow Anyway, uh, it made a sound like a conch shell, and I, I guess we can take that as a sign that I should finish the class. <laughs> so Hare Krishna Dasi Kijai, Anuman Kijai, Shri Prabhupada Kijai, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj Kijai, and all glories to the 